Let's take this first shot. Let's do it. Shot one. Oh my God. Shot two. <laughs> oh. Uh, oh shot, shot three. three. See, I'll admit the third one's a little rough. I'm it was a little rough. Don't you do it. My mouth is watering. <laughs> That's the first side. This is three shots in. I'm fucking drunk. Hi, welcome back to Three Shots In. I'm Jess, and Jake is not here. Piece of shit. But who is joining me? Our two guests. That's my husband, Terry. Disgusting creature that you married. Yes. yes. And also, former guest... And former roommate. And former roommate. Indeed. Kyle. hey From the world-renowned first season episode. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Is that what you named the episode? I can't remember. It's boom, boom, boom. Uh, yeah. so but just like the song. I don't think anybody said way <laughs> <laughs> That is the title of the episode, and it is world-renowned, to my understanding. World-renowned? Yes. Hello! There is a surprise third what? guest. Third guest? Yes. Fourth host? Yes. A surprise third guest to this episode. The incomparable. <laughs> Ineffable. Unwavering. Mama Debbie. Yes. Mama Tebs. My mother. Wow, this is really cool. <laughs> so what have you covered? Nothing. We, we literally were just starting. Yeah, we just started. Oh, okay. So you get to hear everything. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> well. I'm so excited. now we've officially had both mothers. <laughs> We've had Sylvia and my mother on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now that everybody's here, Jacob, unfortunately, could not be here. He's off on the western side of Texas for some important reason, I assume. Before we dive into anything, I would like to say thank you to our patrons on Patreon. Thank you so much for supporting us. And they awesome. are Mom and Dad, Terry, of course. Of course. Danny, Jacob's fiance. Fiance. Sam, Ricky, David, TJ, Jeremy... Thomas and Abria, thank you guys so much for making this possible. We look forward to awesome, funnier things in the future. Hopefully your YouTube equipment. Hopefully. Yeah. We can get a nice video podcast going. You, you guys, guys have can... such a badass sign now. That is so true, Terry, who's sitting right here in front of me. We do have an awesome three shots in sign here in our studio that can be viewed on our social media. And you will never guess who made us this sign and who we have a convenient pre-recorded ad for. Our sponsors. <laughs> we would like to thank Tilted Tinker, Woodcraft and Wizardry. Tilted Tinker is a company that makes woodcraft products. They make plaques with all sorts of, of hilarious sayings. Lots of sarcasm and underhanded insults. All of that dry humor is mixed in with Dungeons and Dragons accessories. That's right. And everything is assembled by hand, all here in the United States. Made in the USA, and it is family owned. They are close friends of ours. That's the most I'll say. Could be anyone. Could be anyone. But they are fantastic, and we do love their products. We own many of them. I have personally purchased several items. Oh, yeah. When I get drunk, I buy a lot of their shit. It's pretty great. You can visit their website at TiltedTinker.com. You can reach out to them at info at TiltedTinker.com. They are Tilted Tinker on all their social medias. Nice. You should go, and you should buy something, listener, from their website because they're awesome. Mm -hmm. And they love us just like we love you. Jacob, we also have some discount codes from Tilted Tinker. We do. They were so amazing and kind to provide exclusive three shots in promo codes for their website, which give 15% off your entire purchase. Wow. That's a big deal. 
It is a big deal. And they provided two promo codes. You can make your purchase using the discount code HORSICA, H-O-R-S-E-I-C-A. That's HORSE, I-C-A. Or you can use Jacob McGuire. (laughs) Jacob is spelled J-A-C-O-B, McGuire, M-A-G-U-I-R-E. Wow. If you support Jessica more than you support me, use code HORSICA. If you like me more than you like that bitch, go ahead and use Jacob McGuire. We're going to move into what we took shots of today. So the three of us, that's me, Kyle, and Terry, we took two shots of Bayou Pink. You don't like it, Kyle? Rum. (laughs) It was bad. And we finished off with a shot of Jaeger, which Kyle very much enjoyed. Very much enjoyed. That's really good. Terry and I, we were miserable. And since Terry broadcasted his misery, uh, I chose our cocktails, which are... Modified surfers on acid. So, because he hated his shot of Jaeger so much, he's now drinking a large jar of Jaeger that's, that's been heavily doused with pineapple juice. Yes, I was gonna say the fact that he doused it with pineapple juice made it far more tolerable. A a surfer on acid, you say? Would have just had one more ingredient. That would be Jaeger, pineapple juice, and then uh, Malibu coconut rum. Okay. Those little three ingredient cocktail. Wildly delicious. I want to taste that. Whenever I meet people, no one's ever heard of it. They've never tried it. So if you're listening, do yourself a favor and make a surf run acid. They are fantastic. Well, let's go ahead and move into our first wheel spin. Mama, would you like to do the honors? Of what? Wheel spin. Just reach on over uh-huh. and you're going to spin this wheel. Are you ready? Okay. Okay, go. All right, so let me read what we landed on. Okay, yes or no, would you accept a $50 million payout if it meant a deadly, evil, enchanted snail pursued you always, could not be killed, and always knew where you were located? And if it catches you, you die. No, I'd rather be happy. You you would rather be poor. Yes. Nothing haunted, nasty, evil, spiritual. I mean, it is slow, though. I don't care. Okay. (laughs) That's mom's answer. She doesn't want to have to think about the snail. What about you guys? I'm torn because I think $50 million used well. uh, You'd never have to stay in one place for long. Like a snail's going to have a hard time crossing the Atlantic. Mm -hmm. So you spend a month in... Beijing, and then you take a cruise. It's too bad that whoever put that in there didn't put, like, you don't know where it starts. And what can it do? Because it might be like, it starts under your bed. And you're like, oh, shit. Oh, meaning you would want to know where it was so that you would know if you had a head start or not? Yeah, that would have a lot of bearing on that. If they're like, oh, you're in Texas right now. It's in Florida. I'd be like, cool. I got months before this thing shows well, up make in my it, house. Make it right here. You accept the payment right now. Yep. Your your bank account is funded with fifty million, and the snail is right across the room. Go. But didn't you say it had special powers or something? It, no, it catches you. You die. It's indestructible. You can't kill it. So is it like in another realm? No. 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 It's a physical snail. You can't kill it. It's constantly following you, and if it touches you, you die. It will always be moving in your exact direction, just straight for you at snail speed. Always. And we'll never rest. Oh. I'm, I was thinking She's more. like, oh, that 50, 50 million sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> I was giving it more powers than it had. Yeah, no, it is not that powerful. It's just a snail. If it touches you, you die. All you have to do is avoid it. Okay, I'll rethink this. 
I would take the 50 million, I think. I think I would too. Mm-hmm. I'd hire someone to help me invest properly. Never work another day in my life. Just travel a whole bunch. Mm-hmm. And then when you're on your deathbed, you can be like, let the snail take, take me. me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We all gave our answers for the wheel. Wow. That's it, like the quickest wheel ever. Yeah. Very decisive. But you did change my mind. I changed your mind. Yes. Are you accepting the $50 million payout? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I'll change my mind. I, I thought it had more powers than it did. No. So. Have we discussed theme? We haven't. Very good call. Today's episode is about fitness. Uh-huh. That's very loose, like it is typically with our episodes. It's basically a direction to go in. And so that there's a little cohesion between all the different things we talk about. So, Kyle, we will be listening to your story first. Yes. So um, with a topic like fitness, I was unsure of where I would go. But I, I believe I have a story that is tangentially related to fitness. Okay. And I don't know if this is on par with your typical content, but this story is kind of spooky. Do That's we, do very, we like spooky stories? That is very yeah. on par with our content. I, I yeah. don't know that I would call it horror. Okay. But I would call it suspense. I am intrigued. So I have a very, in my opinion, very spooky gym story. The year was 2018. That's very recent. It, it is. It is. And uh, the man who provided this information, his name was redacted for privacy's sake. I see. I'm going to call him Max. Okay. This is the story of Max. So Max signs up for a gym. He has not been attending long. He works out odd hours. Like middle of the night, early morning. Correct. Yeah. He's got a changing work schedule. He doesn't know when he's going to be there. He usually ends up there late at night. Not super late. Just he's a night guy. Uh, He also provided this information. He says that when he works out, he loathes using wired headphones. They snag on everything. They're inconvenient. They stick to you. It's a pain in the butt. Yeah. Like everybody else, the man went and got himself a pair of Bluetooth headphones. Is this worth mentioning? I think it is. You understand why. So one issue with the headphones, uh, if he sets his things down, his towel, his phone, his water, whatever, he's, you know, crushing sets, leaves his stuff at a machine, walks away. He knows that if he gets too far from his phone, the music will begin to get interfered. It'll Cut become out. staticky. Right. And up to a certain point, he hits a threshold and then it says disconnected, right? You mm-hmm. have gotten too far. You have been disconnected. <laughs> Correct, exactly. <laughs> and it's actually sexier than the voice that usually says right? it. Right? Yeah. I should do that for a living. Yeah, I didn't Damn. hate that. I agree. I did not hate that. You've been disconnected. <laughs> <laughs> not that one. <laughs> Um, and so Max knows that he has a certain range that he must stay in to his phone. To maintain so, his music. Correct. So that he doesn't have to stop and reconnect his headphones and do all that business. So it's March 2018 in L.A. And Max is having this late night workout, later than usual. And when he gets in there, there's really nobody around him two other guys, gym is practically empty. So he's starting to lift and he's getting into a set and he's doing a kind of a longer rep, higher rep set and he's pushing through, pushing through and even though he's sitting perfectly still, his headphones start to get staticky. Did someone steal his phone? I don't know. (laughs) All he knows is that they're static. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, and so he just keeps pushing through and his music is getting fainter and more unclear. And he's thinking he's having connectivity issues. And then it says disconnected. Oh. And he's thinking, what the heck? Yeah. So he 
props the weights. He sits up and he reaches to the little phone holder that they have on all the machines. Yeah. And his phone is gone. I called it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Phone I was, is I was going toward ghost. Gone. <laughs> <laughs> so he does a quick scan of the gym. There's only two people there. Uh, three, if you count the the employee, the sure. clerk up at the front desk. Yeah. I was just going to ask, what about like somebody at the front desk? So there's there's three people in the room other than Max. So he's looking around. The clerk, probably not a threat. He's been sitting at the front desk the whole time. Sure. Uh, big old fatty. <laughs> okay. Full of sweat. <laughs> An employee? No, no, no. no, this no. Is the other guy. This guy so he working out. Someone else in the gym. Yeah. So, okay. I was like, not a good example. No, he writes... He writes the employee off non-threat. Okay. And he sees guy number two. Big dude. Okay. He's not sneaking by you. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Sure. You're not going to miss him. Well, plus you said he's covered in sweat. So he's probably been working out. Like it's obvious. Correct. And so yeah. he's on a machine and he's actually in there getting his reps in. Yeah. So he's putting in the work. There's only one other person in the whole gym. And right away he's like, this dude just looks suspect. Okay. You know how you just get a bad read on someone? Yeah. So you can get a bad read on anybody, right? But once you're getting ready to accuse someone of stealing your phone, I feel like you can have that feeling about anybody, right? Anybody that isn't a child is probably going to fall under your suspicion at some point. Yeah, he fits the bill. But he's this guy right off the bat, bad read. Okay. He's not working out. He's sitting on a machine, headphones in, just looking at his phone. All right. His own phone. Max is not sure what to do. He decides to approach the guy and he walks up to him and gets his attention. And the guy has, you know, his earbuds in. So he, he pulls one out and he's giving them this like perturbed face. Like, like what the fuck do you want? Like, yeah, you... like, like not quite inquisitive, mm. but more perturbed. You're interrupting me. Yeah. Why would you approach me in a gym when I'm minding my business and have my headphones in? And so he pops an ear butt out and he gives him this kind of like attitudinal face that uh-huh. is just rubbing Max the wrong way. Max is like, I haven't even said anything yet. You know, and the guy's like, what do you want? And so he just says it directly. He just asks him firmly. Max looks at him and he goes, did you take my phone? And the guy just stares at him, silent, like a little incredulous. And he goes, no, what are you talking about? And he goes, okay. And then Max is, Max asks him, he goes, well, did you see anybody walking by me? Like, did you see anybody crossing by my machine or while I was at the fountain or anything? And he doesn't even answer. He just kind of brushes him off and he's like, he shakes his head no and puts his earbud back in. Oh, the conversation's over. Yeah. Did, well, did you see anybody? And he goes, nope. Just shakes his head, goes to put his earbud back in, and Max is upset, right? Sure. He can't find his phone. He's automatically suspicious of this dude. Someone definitely took Bad him. Bad feeling in his gut. Uh, and against his better judgment, because he wants to, like, push in, right? He thanks the guy, and that burns him. He's like, oh, okay, thanks. And so then he goes up to the clerk. He tells the clerk what happened, and he says, are you willing to check the security footage I know where I put my phone, and now I know where it's not. Someone moved it from point A to point question mark, and we want to know what happened. The clerk says, absolutely. So clickety-clack, he's on his keyboard. Uh, he's you know pulling up the footage. It's all digital, so you can find it fairly quickly, right? Uh, while they're doing this, Shady McGrady, the dude that we didn't like, leaves. Oh. Walks by. Uh-oh. It's only a few minutes have passed, but he walks by, and he goes out the door. Well, no sooner than this guy leaves, the clerk spins his monitor around to show Max the footage. Yeah. And he's getting it lined up, getting it lined up, and he hits play to when he sits down on the machine. So here you are. Here's you sitting on the machine. We just saw you put your phone down. Okay. He walks away, and you see Shady Guy scoping, looking around. 
he sits on the machine to where his, because he's doing a, a seated leg press. Okay. And so he actually has, has his back turned to where you actually set the things on the top of the machine. Sure. The tray. Correct. And sure enough, it's this dude. It's exactly who he uh, thought it it's was. It's Shady McGrady. It's Shady McGrady. Piece of shit. Right? Yeah. He takes his phone and then jets. Okay, and only 30 seconds or so, I mean, very short time has passed between him leaving and us watching the footage to see what happened. Yeah. Right? So Max is like, thank you, thank you. And he books it out the door to find this guy. Yeah. Okay, gone. Searches the parking lot. There's nobody really around. Yeah. It's late at night, right? We're talking like after 11 p.m. Gym is pretty empty. Yeah. Only a couple cars around. There's nobody in them. Uh, he looks around. Nothing. Guy is Gone. Disappeared. Guy's yeah. gone. See, that's something that's so fucking common. When I when I used to do the the plain clothes security stuff. Yeah. Dude, I have someone dead to rights on camera. I literally have footage of you stealing. They deny it. Not only denial, it's that. Oh, they it's that thing too. where you you go, uh, you know, real quick, can we have a conversation with and I always approached him professionally. I was never a dick. I was never like, hey, come with me. It was always like, hey, sir, you know, real quick, or hey, miss, real quick, can we just come in the office real fast? Their immediate thing is like, why are you wasting my time? It's that fucking thing. It's like, they think that's like the automatic, like, oh, I'm sorry, sir. I must be wasting your time. My bad. Well, like, it's immediate <laughs> pushback. Yeah. Because yeah. if you're going to try to do something, they're going to drag their feet all the way. Oh, yeah. Piece of shit. Yep. Wow. So he splits and dead to rights on camera. Shady's got it. Oh yeah. Okay. Yep. So Max runs out, can't find him anywhere, is kicking himself, and is also now kind of going, oh man, he's, he's realizing the severity of the situation. Because not only is the guy gone, not only do we know for a fact he has it, which means I'm not gonna find it. It's not under a machine somewhere, I didn't leave it, Like so I know that it's gone. And Max had just recently disabled his password security so that you could just click the phone on and off. Oh, Why no. do people do that? So he has now <laughs> so stupid. unsecured his oh, phone. No. It's no longer password protected. And it's hitting him that this guy has one touch access to all his emails, <sighs> to all his text messages. And he saved passwords. To all right. of his contacts, to all of his apps. Maybe a banking app. Mm -hmm. A banking app, I'm sure, is going to have a secondary password yeah, for the bank. So I'm sure that's fine. But they say essentially, yeah. all of his data is compromised in this one moment. Ugh. That's horrible. Nightmare, right? So this is hitting him like a ton of bricks. He heads back inside, tells the clerk, hey, can you, can you at least run it back to when he scanned in? Like, can we see what the timestamp was and then see who logged in at that time? Yeah. Let's get his membership info. He stole from me. Correct. Where does he live? Right. What's I his name? Live. Right. And <laughs> even if he's not going to go, you know, action Jackson and go rescue the phone, he can still make a police report. He can do whatever he needs to do and say, hey, we have him on camera. Here's his address. Please go find my phone. Mm -hmm. um, so they run the footage back to where he comes in. He never checked in. <gasps> oh, no. The guy strolled in and strolled right past the front desk unnoticed. He slinked in while the clerk was distracted. He slunk? That's he slunk. slanked. <laughs> Is it slunk or slinked? I don't know. He got all slanky <laughs> and the dude slinked right past the clerk while he was distracted. Damn. So now we have oh, no yeah. idea who the member is. Right. Zero recourse. Maybe not even a member. Maybe, right. It, is, it could just be a grifter. Um, 
So anyhow, he asked the clerk, will you please, you know, file this in a police report? And the clerk says, I can't do that directly, but I will give all this information and the video to my manager. My manager will make that kind of decision tomorrow. He says, okay, thanks. Because it was late that oh, night. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, we're past 11. It's around midnight somewhere in this window. So Max goes home, distraught, bothered, obviously. Of course. And wondering what's next. He sleeps on it. He happens to know his best friend, Tom. He knows his phone number. By heart. Correct. Max has his best friends memorized. His best friend is Tom. He wakes up the next day, the day after the event. Okay, that's when he calls Tom. Sure. And he says, hey, buddy, uh, my phone was stolen at the gym last night. Uh, that's why I won't be answering any text messages. If you're wondering where I'm at, uh, I don't have a phone. I don't have access to like any of the other apps that we message in, nothing. Um, so A, that's what I'm up to. And B, will you kind of pass the word? Like tell the guys, let the guys know that I'm unavailable for right. the moment. There's very palpable concern on the other end of the line. Tom has been weirdly quiet and is expressing some very real concern, but not in like, hey, buddy, I'm worried about you, or hey, what other ramifications are there? Not concerned like that. Tom is freaking out. What? Tell me you're kidding. Are you kidding? No, this is not funny. Tell me right now, are you kidding? And begging him, begging him to say that this is a prank. What? What happened? Why? Max wonders. Wh what? What? Wh what's the problem? And he says, dude, you were, we had a whole conversation last night. You were texting me all night. You came to my house. What? Oh, what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> and Max goes, what? what? He goes, you came to my house. And Max goes, dude, I did not come to your house. Oh. Tom is losing his mind and he goes, where are you? Max says, I'm at home. Tom says, don't go anywhere. I'm coming over. Oh my God. Tom beelines it for Max's house. Okay. God. It's like, am I losing my mind? Right? <laughs> and he then shows him his phone and relays to him this entire conversation that he thought he had been having with his best friend, Max. Face to face? Over the phone. Okay. But Text messages. Yeah. But didn't you say he came over there Yes. Too? So let me, uh, I misunderstood the question then. So okay. yes, Tom okay. came over to Max's house to discuss this face to face. And he is explaining to Max and showing him the text messages about the conversation that Tom thought he was having with Max, but it turns out in reality, Tom was really having a conversation with, with Shady McGrady. The guy the who has Max's phone. Uh, about? So he easily accessed- Did like confess his like gay love for him or something? <laughs> I wish. I wish. I know, I think it's something. I wish like that. that it was so simple. I also wish that it was so touching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if we like, could have had a gay happy ending, I would have been stoked about it. Well, this would be very sad actually, very tragic for Tom because he's thinking like, I just finally confessed yep. my oh love to my, my friend God. Max and he loves me back. And now I'm finding out that none of that actually happened. Correct. Well, not correct. There was no gay confessions. Oh. <laughs> Were no gay confessions. Uh, instead, what the conversation did consist of. Money. Were requests from fake Max to best friend Tom saying, hey, is it cool if I crash at your house tonight? I got in a huge fight with my parents. I need somewhere to stay. And Tom says, 
of course, man, you can always come over. Just let me know when you're coming. Let me know when you're on your way. And he obfuscates and he goes, you know what? It's going to be crazy late by the time I get there. I'm, I'm packing my stuff. Like, oh. it, like, and I know you need to go to bed. I know you work early. He goes, could you just leave your back door unlocked? Oh, no. He goes, and that way I won't have to bother you. And Tom <sighs> resists a little, but oh, only in the way you resist my. to a best friend. Like, it's not really a hard no. But he, it's more like, hey, it's cool. Like, what's the deal? Like, like, just, just let me know. Me. Of course, I'll I don't leave, care. I'll leave my exactly. Like, oh, why? Why don't we talk about this? Correct. You're my best friend. You can. I'll leave my ringer on. You know, you can call me. Ugh. And so he obfuscates. That's a the fake Max does. Uh, he goes into more detail about the fight and how like upset he is. And dude, if you could just just leave it unlocked, I'm gonna come in so late. I don't want to bother you. And so Tom concedes. Oh no. Tom leaves his back door unlocked and Shady McGrady has his address, uh, has all of it, okay? Uh, and they're sitting there at, now they're at Max's house, Tom and Max are together, completely mortified for obvious reasons, right? I mean, as yes. any of us would be. Yeah, holy fuck, dude. This and, thing is in his house. And Tom goes, <laughs> the cameras, we have to check the cameras. And so Tom and Max jump into Tom's car, they hightail it back to Tom's house, Search the whole house. Nobody's there. Things missing. Is anything missing? Well, they don't really know. They're they're hoping that there isn't a dangerous stranger in the house. Sure. So it's clear the house first. Make sure we're not in physical harm, and then they go to his recordings because he actually has a couple of cameras on the interior of his home. And sure enough, past one thirty, closer to two, here's this dude, and Max is not like surprised because he knows the deal at this point. He knows who the fucker is. Just yeah. mortified. Ugh. And to see that guy cruise into the back door of Max's house, sorry, Tom's house. It's so violating. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. And Tom says there's a sleep. Okay. He's, he's home? Tom is yeah. home. Yeah, that's why You're Max asked this. Oh. Like, I don't want I don't want, I'm gonna be late. I don't wanna wake you. Will you just leave the door unlocked? Tom oh. is asleep upstairs, and this dude is inside the house. If what does he do? Anything. So he does the typical thing that wouldn't disturb me too much. Violation, of course. Yes. He starts pocketing things that have any kind of value. But thank God he didn't hurt him. Or Ele cash. Electronics, yeah. things that look expensive, uh, an, an echo dot, little things. You know what I mean? He's snatching what can basically fit in his pants or a backpack. And he's just walking around the house, just snatching stuff up, which is bad enough but it wasn't good enough for him. Okay. This man makes his way up the stairs. <laughs> God. And lets himself into Tom's bedroom. Where he's sleeping? Where Tom lay sleeping. Ew. He walks in. I know I'm getting chills. <laughs> and does absolutely nothing. Ew, that's so much worse. He stopped ransacking. Ew. He stopped stealing. He stood there and just looked at Tom while he slept <laughs> for 15, 20, 25 seconds. Half oh, a minute goes by God. and he's just staring at him before he turns around and leaves. Oh my God. Oh, that's so gross. <sighs> that's fucking Shady McGrady from the gym made his way into Max's best friend's bedroom while he slept. Ew! <laughs> okay. <laughs> they obviously Ugh. file a police report. The manager from the gym the following day 
adds on to the report, good. provides the okay, footage. Good. At the writing of this article, three months had passed with absolutely no report or follow-up from the police. Shady McGrady still at large, got away with all this scot-free as that far as we know. Still steal. <laughs> yeah. Now this was four years ago. Uh, an internet search, to the best of my abilities, did not turn up anything further. I have not found any conclusions to this, other than three months had passed with no suspects arrested. Ugh. Oh my god! That's so and the moral of the story is: don't use Bluetooth headphones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, see, I'm I'm a lot fatter than you are, and I was going to say stay out of the gym. Oh, there you go. <laughs> okay. Yeah, just go run. If it weren't for your pursuit of fitness. This would have never happened to you, Max. <laughs> yeah, there <Okay>. we go. <laughs> your vanity is the reason mm-hmm. this happened. It is your downfall. <laughs> My God, that's so creepy. You were not kidding. God, that's fucking See, disgusting. I got so confused. Like you said that Tom had said to Max, I understand these are fake names, mm-hmm. but you'd said Tom. I believe Tom is real, actually. Okay. Max had his name redacted. Okay. And so that way he was had privacy. Sure. And then since we don't know him, we can't find his and friend Tom, obviously. And there are millions of Toms. Of course. So the fact that Tom was like, you came to my house, was like, wait, so... Like it, I was wondering if this was gonna take sort of like a supernatural route. And I was like, so this dude showed up and it looked just like your best friend. You know what your best friend looks like. Like a Game of Thrones faceless yeah. man situation. Yeah. Took his identity. I was like, where is this going? Yeah. Sorry to disappoint. It's okay. It's okay. That was that was very gross. Fucking gross. <laughs> it's like, you know what it makes me think of? And it's not quite the same. It's not exactly mm-hmm. the same. You remember we, when we were all living together, we watched this video on YouTube of this woman who had been living in this guy's attic in oh, his apartment. Yes. Oh, fuck. That I was awful. I about that. There's this video on YouTube. This guy had a security camera in his apartment. It's a very small apartment. It's almost a studio. He didn't have cameras. No, he did. No, he did. He installed them because of all the stuff <gasps> that happened. That's oh, right. you're right. No, you're right. Okay, there were no so cameras at the beginning. At first, there weren't any. He started noticing that things kept moving. He would leave his keys. Food you know, was missing. In a bowl by the front door, and instead he found it on the couch. Or, you know, things were missing from the pantry. Doors that he thought he had closed were open. Yeah. I would never live alone now. Yeah. <laughs> Just stuff, stuff like that. Okay. Stuff like that. And so... He got very suspicious, so he installed these security cameras, and he's watching one night, horrified, because after he's gone to sleep, and it is as though this person knows exactly around the time that he's, like, out and not going to wake up easily. This woman, ratty hair, looking like she's been up there for a real long time, Mm -hmm. and she creeps down, steps on his little dining room table. It's almost a studio. He has basically one room for all other you know, living facilities, and then one room for his bedroom. She comes down, steps silently onto his his dining table, steps off. She ends up using the restroom or something. She washes her ass in the kitchen sink. She drinks from a fucking milk carton with her mouth to the milk carton. I was like, Bleh. And I want to be clear in case it wasn't, this woman did not break in while the man she slept. She was living in there. This woman lived in in his attic she had been before there before he moved in yes 
I did see something on YouTube She sneaks about into the house. There was a term, and they said they go and sleep inside certain pockets in your walls. Crawl spaces and yes. stuff. Yes. Mole people. It's happening a lot. It's happening <laughs> a lot. Yes. What'd you say? Chuds. Chuds? What? What? We'll say that for a different episode. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so... She comes in, eats his food. She's drinking milk out of his out of the carton from his fridge. She, I thought, oh. like she peed in his sink or something. No, she can't flush. Sure, no, I'm pretty sure she washed it. Wash her ass crack. Uh, no, I thought yeah. she. Because I thought she was like. She did something visceral. Something and foul fucking disgusting happened in his fucking kitchen sink. Yeah. <laughs> On top of dishes in there. Oh. If we can find this link. Patreon. Maybe we should and provide it. it. Put it on Patreon. Put it on your Patreon page. Sure. If anybody's interested, yeah. come and find this video that we're going to post. It's wild. And not long after that, so she's in the living room, and then you see her out of nowhere like a deer. She perks up and looks over into the corner and then bolts to a corner of the room that even the camera can't see, and she disappears, and he comes walking yeah. out, walks over to the, like, looks like the maybe the fridge or something, doesn't isn't interested in anything, mm-hmm. proceeds back to bed. And then she reemerges, and then yeah, very the quietly day. and slowly makes her way back up into the attic. It's like a gremlin. That is so creepy. Uh-huh. <laughs> Talk oh about violation. God. That is a violation. Yeah. Holy oh. shit! That gives uh. give me nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to have nightmares. More words to the wise listeners. Um, when you move into a place. Check the attic. I don't know exactly. I thought I had seen an article about it or comments or a comment at the end of that, like a caption at the end of that video, something like that. But she had been a former tenant. It just wasn't clear how many Ooh, people. That sounds right. I, for, I, for, I forgot this video existed until you just brought it up. Right. But yes, she did used to live there. Mm-hmm. She'd been a former tenant. Mm. And it wasn't clear how many people had lived there in between her being an actual Tenant and being but someone more hiding than one. in the attic. Yeah. This guy who and put up the cameras thing was <laughs> not the gremlin. <laughs> yeah. This guy who caught her on camera was not the first person whose house she had surreptitiously lived in. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Super creepy. Speaking of. You don't of, even need ghosts. Yeah. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of, you know, creepy, disturbing stories, Terry, what have you got to share? Because we're moving on to you. Okay. So I have two stories. Okay. The first ones, it, I, I kind of couldn't decide. So, like, I kind of wanted to go with, like, creepy first, right? Sure. Because, I, I mean, I don't know. It, maybe it's just been in the news a lot lately. But the first thing that came to my head when I thought of athletics, right, was that obviously I know I'm coming on this show, so I have to do something morbid as shit. So one of the things was, first thing is, like, creeps in the gym, right? Like, fucking creep-ass motherfuckers in the gym. Fitness creeps. And then the second one was... I'm like, how can I channel my wife's energy on this? <laughs> and I was like, what's the most god awful, like, dark. like, like actually like, like tragic thing I can think of. Right. Mm. So I found two things. The first one's going to be a creepy one. The second one's, and it's going to be kind of shorter. The second one's going to be longer, but it's very tragic. Okay. This is one, mom, you will definitely know. And all of your older listeners, Jess, will definitely know. Older. What do you mean? Um, people that are of the boomer age. Okay. Okay. Yes. The number of, of Gen Z people I know of that actually know about this are very, very few. And then actually, surprisingly, the number of millennials that know about this are very, a, very few. I think we're all millennials at this table, other than Mama Debs. Mm-hmm. And you and me know about it. I'm very familiar with it. But from what I understand, 
many millennials are not familiar with. I maybe I may be one of them. I'm really not sure. Okay. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you're not because you don't really care about historical stuff anyway. So. I had the privilege of seeing his notes before the show. Yes, he actually brought notes. I I'm not nearly that professional. I have notes as well. Wow, well, but you guys you are do pros. This, you did this for a profession, so you know this is like it's my thing. job. You actually officially make money, so that's a profession. You are a vocational podcaster. Oh shit. <laughs> Daggum vocational and shit. (laughs) Okay. So this is in uh, St. Petersburg, Florida in September of 2020. So very recent. Whoa. In the last two years. Again, another story where the person has redacted their name. Uh, I imagine it's because they don't want this creepy ass motherfucker to find them. Um, And I don't blame them. So we're going to call her Kim. Okay. Okay. She's attending her local 24 hour gym. She also is going late in the evening. She's got a job that's gotten her working all day, and and evening is generally when she's able to go. There's actually a bunch of gyms all over the place that do this thing. That's how they're able to kind of run 24 hours without, like, driving up their costs like crazy. They have a key fob for all of their members. Yeah. Where you can scan your key fob, go in, you know, work out, do your thing, and then leave. Like a bank vestibule where you swipe your debit card to get in the door. Yes. After hours. Exactly. There are no clerks or anything? Uh, so there are janitors every once in a while. There are clerks during the daytime hours, like nine to five. But after that, it's basically just like maintenance people. Oh, I'd be nervous going to a place like that. She said she was like, it, this place is already pretty like ghost town during the day. Like, I don't know how they afford to stay open at night. Like there's nobody here at night, okay. which is why one of the reasons why she said she likes to go so much because there's no one there. She Got has the whole a, place to basically herself. Basically the whole place to herself. She said every once in a while there's a janitor there. Right. Um, this particular night, there was a janitor, but there was also one other person. So this guy looked like he was like maybe in his mid to late 20s, right? And he, he had a black hoodie on with a black beanie underneath it. Inside in the, the gym? gym? Inside the gym. Inside the gym. Oh, and even she maybe, pointed, oh, maybe he's sign. just trying to sweat. Well, that's a red flag. So Sorry. 100%, I was like, I get that. Guy's trying to get his sweat. He's trying to get fucking shredded. If I see someone making a ridiculous amount of noise, and this guy apparently, according to her, was making a shit ton of noise, I gotta look, because I'm like, damn, like how much weight are they lifting? Like, holy shit. Me and Jess have run into this one chick a million times in the gym, and Jess will always go like, dang, you're a badass, you know, whatever. And she's like, oh, thanks, you know, whatever. That's the normal reaction you'd expect from somebody when they catch you looking at what they're doing. Or, I'm assuming in this case, maybe she was an attractive young lady, you know what I'm saying? She looked at this dude, your normal reaction, you'd think, from a guy in the middle of the night might be like, like, oh dang, maybe that's your reaction. She looks over at him to kind of like, damn, what's he doing? And he looks back at her, but he starts mad dogging her. Oh shit. Like, what? like the fuck you looking at kind of oh. look, right? Oh my God. Mm-hmm. So to a girl, she's like, Ooh, okay. Goes back to a workout as she's kind of dotting around to her, uh, to her different machines or different exercises. She notices that doesn't really matter what machine I'm going to. This guy is always with an eye shot, and he's always mad dogging me. Just staring. Uh huh. Oh, Still. No. Uh huh. Oh, that's creepy. So he's following her around the gym. Any machine she's on, he's within eye shot, and he's like looking at her like. Is he high? Don't know. Okay. No idea. We're looking All she knows is that she looked outcome. initially out of admiration, <laughs> like, "Damn, he's getting it. Good for you." And he looked at her like, "What the fuck are you looking at?" Right? Okay. Okay. So now this. This look continues throughout the gym. She's kind of noticing more and more that it looks like he's more trying to be like sneaky about where he's standing when he's like mad dogging. Ooh, that's creepy. What do you mean sneaky? Like like hiding behind machines? Yes. It looks like he's trying not as much to be noticed, but he's still wearing that same scowl. So does that mean he's like more often positioning himself behind her? 
in places where she thinks, like from her for vantage point, it looks like, like a oh, blind spot. Yeah, like maybe someone would be standing there if they didn't want to be noticed as much. Yeah, this is already getting bad. But he's Ew. already he's wearing the same like to fuck you scowl. To, I would we've just moved from, like peripheral vision from staring openly to trying not to be seen. Yeah. Yeah. And still wearing the same like oh mm. I want to beat your ass yeah, kind of look. Mm-hmm. I think I'd just leave. Right? Oh, so she's on her like last set on her bench press, right? She's on one of those uh, Smith machines where it's like on a track, okay. right? And she's on her last rep and she puts it in place. Locks it. Locks it and kind of, and like looks, cause you know, she's already been trying to like make sure she's kind of keeping an eye on this guy. She looks and it's like just through a crack of the Smith machine. She can see he's hiding behind Ew. a leg press machine, no. staring um, at her. What? Like, oh my God. Like, I want to get your ass, right? Okay. So she immediately racks her shit, doesn't look at him, like walks straight to the front where she saw the janitor. And she essentially said like, hey, you know, there's this guy here. I'm so sorry to bother you, but he's creeping me out. He's really scary. Like he's been doing this. Kind of gave him a quick breakdown Yeah. and said, can you help me look for him and help me kind of confront him? Cause I just don't feel comfortable. And the janitor was like, absolutely, of course. So they start walking the gym. And the way that she described it, this place is multiple little rooms. Like they have like a cardio area and they have a machine area. Which so, makes it even stranger that he was following. Exactly, makes it way suspect. So they start kind of walking around and they can't find this guy anywhere. <laughs> she, and mind you, she found the janitor like near the front, so it's like she should have been able to see him. Yeah. Right? Like he would have to cross them to leave. You'd think. Ugh. They keep walking around, they can't find him anywhere. Ugh. And there's no back door, it's just locker one room? entrance. There's no locker room. Bathrooms, nothing? No, no, well there's bathrooms, but they, uh. so he, you know, obviously they checked around. From what, from what the story said, it sounded like Kim and this janitor thoroughly checked the building together. Obviously they didn't split up or anything like that, but they thoroughly checked the building to make sure that this guy isn't like lurking behind something or anything like that. Can't find him anywhere, right? So she's totally shaken. She's like freaking out, right? She says, actually, you know, I'm so sorry, sir. Like, would you mind waiting with me for a minute before I head out to my car? Cause like, if he's in the parking lot or something like that would freak me out. Janitor says, no problem. So they hang out at the front, you know, do their thing, whatever, you know, they're just talking or whatever. And then finally, sometime later, uh, from what I read, it said it was probably like 30 minutes to 45 minutes later. She was like, okay, like still freaked out, but I think I'm going to try to go out to my car. Would you mind walking me into my car? Janitor says, no problem. Walks her out to her car. She gets in her car. Janitor says, have a good night. Turns around, goes back in the building. She starts to put her keys in the ignition and she goes, oh sh- shit, I left my phone in there. Damn. Okay. Well, let me, yeah, he, he was right there. So let Nightmare. me just, let me just walk back up there. She steps out of her car, gets about two steps away from her car and just starts hearing thud, 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 thud. Oh, oh my God. God. Right? And she looks and away from the lights of the gym, there's a, a figure approaching, sprinting. Oh my God. Sprinting? Sprinting at her. Oh my God. Pounding pavement. Pounding pavement, sprinting at her. Get back in your car. So she says, I stood there like a, like a fucking deer in the headlights, like freaking out. And she sees, holy shit, it's the guy in the beanie. Yeah. And he's sprinting out of the darkness. Oh. She says like, I snapped out of it and got back in my car, locked the door. Oh and God. like literally as she slams her hand down on the lock on the door, he's going on the door handle. So like she, she, yeah, she barely, she barely got in there. While she's in there trying to get her car started, this guy starts kicking the shit out of the side of her car. Kicking the side of it, punching it, like, oh, bitch, I'll get you, like screaming and yelling, right? Dents in the side of her car, all this kind of shit, and she peels out of there. He's high. Something, I don't know. It sounds like he's high. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. Pulls back into her house, obviously reports it to the police and everything, never caught the guy. Oh, no. 
So yeah. No idea who he Still is. Still to this day, they they don't know who the guy is. They've turned the they've Which turned, means he also slanked right past the front desk that's and what didn't I'm, check in. That's or what? what I'm thinking. Because what sometimes people do, you'll see this a lot. They'll wait for like a member to come in or something. They'll be like, Hey man, I'm so sorry, I forgot my fob. Can you can you just let me in? And people generally being kind want to go, oh shit, that would suck. Well, you said nobody was there either. Well, he may have come in way earlier. He was already there when this chick showed up. But Meaning I mean, there was no clerk. N- no. No, no, there could have been another member there that was walking out and the guy was like, hey, yo, I'm so sorry. I forgot my fob at home. Can I mean, you mind letting me in? Just- it could have been way easier. He could have been standing outside the gym on pretending to have a phone call, right? He waits for a member to leave. Mm-hmm. You leave and you don't and turn around. Whoop. He puts his hand in the door and he walks in behind you yeah. as you go. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing with those key fob places, right? Yeah. No, like, it's way easier. It's 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 a lot easier than you'd think to squeeze into one of those places. Like that that whole key fob thing is mainly meant for like general riffraff, but if someone really wants to get in there, it's really not sure. hard. Sure. So that's I imagine that's probably what happened is he probably snuck in when another member was leaving or maybe did the like the excuse thing or whatever and he was chilling in there doing his thing, getting his workout. And I don't know, she, she just caught him on a bad day or something. He's high. Like Jess said, he was high. Or he this could, could be, be a serial or killer. Or he could be a <laughs> psycho. Who knows? And this is his hunting ground. Yeah. Yep. yep. Wow. So that's my creepy one. But that's, I mean, I, when I worked for the Department of Criminal Justice, um, part of the training is when you enter and exit the building, you shut the door behind you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't allow it to close. You close the door. Oh, yeah. If you open it, you close it. Mm-hmm. No questions asked. Uh, they call that move drafting. You hang out I've near a door and then a, a person or a group of people coming home from coming back from lunch, coming from wherever. And then you just turn and come right behind them and you draft oh. your way into a protected building. Ah. Um, and if you open a door, you shut the door mm-hmm. as part of basic safety protocol for exactly this reason it's so late and it's so dead you and like basically everything in there's a weapon oh yeah and everybody's in their own world their headphones are on they just finished a workout they leave they just cruise and they're headed to their car and they're not thinking twice about that door they're they're cooling off they're looking forward to getting home and getting to bed because it's also not the Department of Criminal Justice. Right. It's, it's a gym. gym. Yeah. Nobody's on high alert at the gym, except maybe Mama Debbie now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm paranoid. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so now there's two reasons why you probably won't be going back to the gym anytime. <laughs> and I need it too. <laughs> okay, so second story. This is the one that's that's definitely more tragic, right? Now I'm going to cry. No, probably, probably not. I mean- We'll see. This is the story that many people in the boomer generation will be highly familiar with. Uh, millennials, probably 50-50, maybe. If maybe like, even maybe even less. If they like history. And Gen Z, probably almost nobody. So the thing I'm talking about is the Munich Olympics of 1972. Just to give you a little background, the Munich Olympics were held in Munich, Germany. It was the first hosting of the Olympics since the 1930s after Hitler's reign after the Third Reich. Okay. So it was like a recovery almost, you know what I'm saying? It's like we're moving on, we're trying to like trying to heal, yeah. okay? And then specifically Israel was invited to these to these Olympic games. Oh my. And that was another big thing cuz it's like Israel shows up, you know, it's supposed to be like a big it- thing of solidarity and uh-huh. like look how uh, It seems like an olive branch too. Yeah, big time. That they would be invited big time. Right. to Germany. Right, yes. right. It was very significant. Very, very significant. Like a peace thing. Yeah. Yep. Um, so 
where this uh, where this incident initially took place was in the athletes' village, uh, which essentially it's like a bunch of apartments that that all the athletes stay at uh, for the actual Olympics. Okay. Um, security was really really well known to be lax, like extremely lax at these athletes' apartments. Right. They didn't worry about it. People were walking in and out all the time. No IDs. No nothing. Like sure. they treated it very whatever. So this actual actually took place morning of the 5th of September uh, at about four in the morning. Eight members of the Palestinian terrorist group called the Black September breached the six foot walls, which they didn't even have to. They could have walked in and pretended like they were someone that was supposed to be there. But they had stolen keys to all the apartments. Whoa. And they raided the apartments that housed the Israeli contestants for the Olympics. Yeah. Specifically yeah. those apartments. They yeah. specifically went after, after the Israelis. It's really bad. Um, so uh, when they first broke into the apartments, they knew exactly where the Israelis were staying. Yeah. Kicked in the doors. Um, initially, there were two Israelis, uh, Mashi Weinberg and Yosef Romano. And so Mashi Weinberg was a, was a wrestling coach for, for the Israeli Olympic team. And uh, when they first got broken into, he fought. Mm-hmm. He got shot through the cheek to try to, to try to stop the assailants, yeah. lived, right? And then they started all getting yoked up. Uh, he misdirected the terrorists to a different spot. They had other Israelis in it, but it had like less Israeli contestants in it. But he also knew that the wrestling team was in there. So in his mind, from accounts of people that knew him, it was one of those things where it's like, oh, maybe he thought that like the wrestling team would be able to better deal with these people. Sure. Rather than a... a- a hurdle jumper. Sure. Right. 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 Sure. Kind of These guys are at least trained in yeah. hand-to-hand combat to a certain extent. Grappling. Yes. Correct. Well, the problem is the one of the the one other guy that had the balls that that Mashi did was a guy named Yosef Romano. He had been injured in an event already during the Olympics. So he was like weaker than he normally was. And Mashi thought, mind you, these are the balls on this guy, Mashi. He leads them over to where the wrestlers are and thinks to himself, we have more people now. We can try again to like overtake these guys after he's been shot through the fucking cheek with an AK-47. Yeah. So him and this other guy, Yosef, try to take care of these guys. So just two people? Just two. Where were the other wrestlers? The rest of them did not fight. The rest of them didn't, didn't. That's that's kind of shock. So actually, well, if you think about it, okay. So I do have to, I'm not, I'm definitely not trying to fucking jock on these guys right now, because if you think about how people deal with those kind of situations, people say all day and night, like, oh, well I would, I would, you really don't know until you're in the situation. So different people react. say what you would do. Yeah. True. You don't have a rifle pointed in your face. Exactly. And what I can do is I can, I can credit the ones that had balls of steel. This guy, this guy, Mashi and and the other guy, Yosef, sadly, both of them perished. Uh, Mashi attempted to overtake the assailants, was shot and killed. Yosef, even amidst his injury, tried to do the same, was shot and killed. And then um, they essentially distracted them long enough for one of the athletes. His name was God Sabari. He was able to escape, but everyone else was dragged into the apartment number one of this apartment building. And that accounted for a total of nine live hostages left. All of them were bound at the wrists and ankles, beaten. A couple of them got shot, Mm. not to death. Mm. They were shot torturously and and maimed and severely injured. Um, And the, uh, just as an example, 
to the rest of the the people that were being held captive. Uh, they took Yosef Romano's body, castrated it, oh my and God. maimed it, and rolled it around in front of them to make them basically like realize we will do the same to you. you I never not. knew that. Shortly after the authorities realized what was going on, you know, they surrounded the building, got everything locked down, tried to kind of figure out what was going on. The Black September terrorist group, they took Mashi Weinberg's body and tossed it out the front door to them to like let the police now know we're very serious about this. Yeah. Their demands were a multiple page like essay essentially. Um, but in short, what they said was we want 234 of these Palestinian prisoners uh, these Palestinian terrorists, essentially, that were being held captive in Israel to be released, as well as uh, some of their Red Army faction comrades. You're saying held like, captive. You mean they're in prison. They're well, in prison, yeah. yeah, for being Like in a legitimate terrorists. way. Yeah, they're yeah, terrorists. Yeah, held captive. To me, in my mind, I'm thinking, is that illegitimate? Like, no, they're they're prisoners. Right. Yeah, no, they're being they're being held prisoners. For it's their just, terrorist well, activity. Yes. Well, okay, terrorists. great. To, they're all terrorists. To, to fellow terrorists, yes. I'm sure they would see it as being held they're sacrifices. Sure. Unjustly. Yeah. I'm just making sure I'm yeah. following. Yeah. yeah. So they, all of these people that they're asking to be released, yes, 100% are terrorists. So 234 Palestinian terrorists and uh, I think it was two or three Red Army Faction terrorists that were being held in Germany. So at the time, the Prime Minister of Israel was Golga Meir. Immediately, the answer from Golga Meir was absolutely not. We do not negotiate with terrorists. Mm -hmm. Specifically what was said was, if we should give in, then no Israeli anywhere in the world will feel that his life is safe. Right. So very sad, but it's true. Like it she's, sucks, but it just right. is the way it is. Yeah. 100% yeah. correct. So now the German authorities said, okay, well, since the Israelis are saying no, then we have to try to do something. Okay. Okay. So now the German authorities said, okay, well, we'll attempt to, you know, figure out negotiations with these people. These negotiations included sums of money, it included even in so far as German officials and authorities saying like, we'll swap with them. We'll be your new prisoners. And these- It's pretty valiant. These sure, yeah. Black September guys said, absolutely not. What we specifically want is this stuff. And if you're not willing to give us this stuff, now they didn't follow up on this threat, but they said, if you're not willing to give us this stuff, we will kill one prisoner every hour. They didn't do that. About 20 hours of, of negotiations went by. Everything faltered. The Germans were not able to get them to go along with any kind of negotiations that they wanted to go with. So essentially, the the Black September people were like, yeah, we're probably not going to get what we want here, but being here in Germany is probably not the best place for us. So what they said is, okay, we're changing our demands now. You're going to get us a plane to Cairo. Yeah. Because they looked at it and said, if we can get our hostages to Cairo, we can. it'll be safer there for us. We can easier negotiate there. We can try to figure something out. It's also Muslim ruled. Yes. So they're going to be dealing with a friendly government mm -hmm. as opposed to the German yes. government. Right. right. But the Germans said, sure, knowing full well that the Egyptian government had already said, listen, we don't want to have anything to do with this. They are not welcome to land here. Oh, wow. So the Germans said, sure, knowing that essentially what they were going to do was ambush them. Mind you, during the whole thing, during this whole thing, during negotiations, during people getting killed, like all this shit, the chairman of the Olympic, uh, the Olympic International Committee, the guy's name was Michael Morris, insisted <laughs> that the games continue as normal while no negotiations commenced. Oh my God. So he continued the Olympic games like nothing was happening. Why? People are out there relay running, yeah. pole vaulting, while all this Shot happening. Shot putting. That's yeah. insane. While Pretending like nothing's happening. I mean, happening. next door... I mean, essentially next door at the. It is literally next door to the, at the, the, the villa the where the athletes sleep at night. Yep, they're getting is attacked. a war zone. Yeah, yeah. 
Yep. And they're over there running on the track like it's not happening. Yep. And a lot of the reason people say that that happened was because the Germans were so intent on making sure that this was like, nine, this will be the better thing that happens <laughs> years after the war. You know, like it needs to we be this thing that makes Germany not look like a piece of shit. Anymore. Right. We won't acknowledge this. Yeah. We want the world to see us as friendly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the world shall not see us as the Nazis anymore. We, we don't have violence here, just friendliness and, <laughs> and, and uh, happy games. <laughs> so, yeah, they were very intent on making sure that things went smoothly, even though something very not smooth was happening. Something right. very not chill. Something <laughs> not that smooth happened last night. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, to make matters worse, a rescue attempt by authorities was made on the hostages. Like, they tried to, they did actually try to enter the apartments and save them. But go figure, the news fucked that up and live broadcasted the fucking hostage situation. They what? literally were like, hey guys, so really cool things happening. The police are going to go in and try to save these people on live television. There's TVs inside the athletes. That's villa. the point. And guess what happened? They were watching the news. They were watching the fucking oh, news. Of course they and, were. And they were prepared. Oh my gosh. God. Anyway, big, big kind of overall arcing thing here is kind of due to Germany's new laws, like especially pertaining to things after World War II, they wrote into law, military action is not allowed, period, for them, unless they're in a time of war. So if you're in peacetime, military can't get involved. Because everyone's, you know, they're everyone's still, scared of that. They're still yeah. under a lot of scrutiny. Yeah, the big bad. Yeah. So in the case of this happening, the military is going to have scout snipers and they're going to have, you know, guys that are special operations dudes and all. They can't get involved in any of that. Wow. They are not allowed to. So it's on the police. In this particular case, the German police that were charged with the execution of the hostage rescue, uh, none of them were properly trained for this at all. Oh, Lord. Okay, so like just to give you an example, the way they chose their sharpshooters, quote unquote, was like, oh, these guys shot really well in a, in a competition that we had. I'm sorry, isn't Germany like a few miles from fucking France and Belgium? And yeah. I mean, any direction. Europe. They're, Literally they're other countries minutes, have their people there. They're 20 fucking minutes from another country. They couldn't reach out to someone. They didn't. Hindsight. Yeah. <laughs> so the, so oh, wait till you hear the, how, this, how quick of a clusterfuck no, this turns into. No tactical training, but he did pass his marksman training. Yes. Hindsight. More like nine sides. If you have, if you say hindsight, you have to hindsight. <laughs> oh Lord, good Lord. Yeah. Um, yeah, that part fucking blew me away. I was like, holy shit! You're telling me out of the entirety of the country of Germany, you could not find one person that was a veteran or had any experience, had literally any experience in any kind of situation in which there was armed conflict. None, zero. Their Please. focus was on the peace thing. Well, it bit them in they the ass. They were like tunnel, tunnel vision. So. Essentially, the plan that the police came up with was to, because on the way to the airport, they, they ended up uh, choosing an airport. It's an Air Force base, essentially. Um, it was only 15 miles from where the Olympics were being held in Munich. Um, and on the way there, there's like a lot of parking structures and like things like that. So they thought, oh, you know, we'll, we'll lead them through those parking structures and we'll get them lined up and, you know, ambush them that way. Well, the leader of the Black September people is not a fucking idiot. And he was like, yeah, that's fucking stupid. I'm not going that way. That's an obvious ambush. Change of plans. You're going to get me a, You're going to get me a bus and we're going to go on surface streets. 
So the Germans were like, okay. As long as it's peaceful. <laughs> no, no, no. So, so just so you're tracking this whole time, they're going, how are we going to ambush and kill all of these guys? Their intent is to kill all of these terrorists and save Probably the not with people who've never been trained. Yes. That, that is a key problem in this whole plan. Uh, so they agreed. They said, sure, we'll get you a bus. We'll get you there. So they, on the snap, had to change their plan. All hostages were bound and blindfolded and put on the bus. First in Philbrook Air Base is where the hostages were taken, along with the terrorists. Um, and the plan that the Germans had agreed to, quote unquote, was to get them onto helicopters that would take them to Cairo, right? Cairo. Yes. Quote unquote. The plan was to get them there and kill all the terrorists and save save the hostages. Having very little training, obviously having to snap change their plan like that kind of fucked up everything. The German police had like a close quarters undercover unit that was hiding on a Boeing 747 that was on the tarmac. It was parked not far away from the helicopters and they were going to wait until everyone was kind of loaded on the helicopters be kind of the strike team while they had five different sharpshooters that were up in like the air tower and like up on elevated positions that were going to fire down on them as well, right? For some reason, the police inside the airplane, the, the undercover police, they just decided to abandon the mission. They were done. What? They didn't want to do it anymore. I'm sorry? They decided on their own that this mission was not a good idea. So they left. Yes. <laughs> what? So that left just the five sharpshooters to deal with the eight terrorists. So there's no military training. Is there no Apparently police there's training zero either? police training too. Yeah. And seriously, when I first read all of this and like actually like like did my research, I thought maybe I was reading like a, a hit piece or something or I was reading something that was like highly opinionated because I was like, there's no way these people were that stupid. Meaning you thought whoever wrote about it was like really hated German police or really something. Really coloring it. Yeah. Like this was written though, by a but, Palestinian. But, <laughs> but, right. yeah. but Terry, remember you told me like SWAT wasn't formed until when? Remember I think the 1970s, 1970s, 1980s. Yeah. I mean, nobody had all those refined no, skills. The SWAT guys were badasses back then. This shit is absolutely unacceptable. You're telling me that in the middle of an operation, these cops just decided, no, no, yeah, we're bad. done. We're no, not doing bad. it. So people's lives are at stake, but so, so are ours. Yeah. So we, and oh. that's the thing that blows me away. I could not find the reason why nobody accounted for the reason why they just decided to pull out. Of no, that's bad. But they did. So in doing that, essentially the leader of the black September group was tipped off to the ambush because like he, he saw the signs. Wow, thought, this looks so easy. Yeah, so he went to warn his comrades. At this point, they'd already loaded all the hostages onto these helicopters. So the leader of this Black September group goes back to his people to tell them, hey, we're about to get fucked up, right? The sharpshooters, now that there's only five, and they're the only ones there to deal with the situation. One of them gets itchy trigger finger and goes, well, uh, I guess it's time to start this thing. Let's is kick this bitch off. I'm sorry, is there no chain of command? Apparently not. What is happening? Apparently not. Because- Nothing was set up. There's I think there's a good chance that like, maybe there was a lack of communication. They don't have radios or something. I don't know. All I know is that whoever was running scout, the, the sharpshooters in that group decided, huh. It's time, it's time to kick this bitch off. I don't think they had a system set up. Probably not. They just tried to deal with it however If you look at the, at the situation, start to finish, this thing is a clusterfuck, right? Yeah. So anyway, one of the sharpshooters decides to kick things off. He takes a shot at the leader of the Black September group. Misses him, kills one of his buddies. Okay. A so now, buddy from the Black September. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Misses him, kills one of the Black September comrades. All the police, upon firing, were given orders. Okay, it's time to open fire. Well, 
fire was already happening, already exchanging between the two yeah. groups. So the sharpshooters started just kind of like... Uh, and hostages are caught in the crossfire. Hostages are there. Yeah. Okay. Due to the lack of training, they're in a rush to return fire. They returned fire into the area where the hostages were being held as well. Okay. In the middle of all this chaos, uh, one terrorist just ran up to one of the helicopters, executed four hostages point blank. Pops a pin on a grenade, throws it inside the helicopter. Boom. Okay. All hostages. Gone. That, you know, considering all the threats they had been making for hours up to that point. Yep. That sounds about right. Yep. So it was said that one of the hostages upon later autopsy is actually one of the Jewish, he was a Jewish American. He was there representing the nation of Israel, but right. he was an American citizen uh, that died. They found out later in autopsy that he actually lived through the grenade blast, but then died from smoke inhalation from the oh, jet fumes. Oh my God. And then uh, five of the Black September members were killed and three were captured. Uh, all nine hostages and one German police officer were killed. Every hostage. Every hostage died. Every single one. Yeah. Yeah, it was horrible. It's a great record to review for what not to do in yes. the future for all countries. All over the world. Well, they've really progressed since then. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. Fingers crossed. I hope so. Damn. But My yeah, word. I was reading up on that one because I knew generally about what happened in Munich. But man, what? the more I read into that, I was like, Bleh. That's it's horrible. That's uh, an embarrassing failure. Yes. And if anybody's when? interested in what I consider a, a really quality portrayal of this whole event, I forget what year it came out. I think it was the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. um, a movie called Munich. Steven Spielberg did that one, Starring didn't Eric Bana. Oh, uh -huh. wow. It's a phenomenal movie. If you haven't seen it. You should. I would recommend it. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's a fantastic movie. Okay, I have to ask. When was Raid on Entebbe? Raid I think that Entebbe. was in the 70s too. I have no idea Off what Off the top of my head, I don't know. They were, they, they took, uh, the terrorists took some Israelis to um, Entebbe and it was Netanyahu's older brother. They went in, the Israeli forces got together a group, went in and got those guys out. I mean, their, their system worked. They got in, the only one that died was July, Benjamin not Netanyahu's brother. July 3rd, 1976. Okay, so it was a little bit after that, yes. the Munich thing then. But yeah, the Israelis had their stuff together, dang. basically. Crazy. Dang, dang, I mean, you know what? I don't know about you guys, I need some lasagna. Mm -hmm. Yeah. After a story like that, there are very few things that could comfort me like lasagna. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've got one of those frozen lasagnas. It's done. It's in the oven. It's time to have some lasagna. So we're going to go into break and we'll see you guys in just a few moments. Jacob, are you in the know? I mean, I'm in the know. But I'm also in The No Republic. That's right. We are sponsored by The No Republic. They are a clothing brand who gives 20% of all proceeds to mental health awareness and suicide prevention in specifically high schools and colleges all around the United States. I didn't know that. Their clothing is unique and everything is done in-house. I heard that they ventured with a third party and that third party didn't work out. So now, that's right, everything is crafted by hand, shipped with love and care. Yeah, they're an awesome company. They always give back and... You can go on their website, The No Republic. Again, that's with a K, thenorepublic.com. Great customer service, too. I reached out to them with a problem, and they got back to me right away. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Normally, people take, like, you know, like, within 24 hours, but how soon did they get back? Four hours. Whoa. So the break is over. <laughs> I, I did hear that. We had lasagna. It was fucking delicious. Our bellies are full. And now we're ready to spin the wheel another <gasps> time. <gasps> 
Wheel spin. Kyle, I think you should do the oh, honors no. this time. Okay, okay, hold on. Let me, let me limber up. Okay. <laughs> okay. You seem ready to me. <laughs> Would you rather? Hello. Gross. Chances against being That's my favorite one. Well, anyway, who wants to kick us off with a would you rather? Ugh. I can start. Please do. She's I fucking good. hate She's would you rather. She's good with those. Okay. <laughs> Gross. Simple. Go. Would you rather eat an apple coated in caramel or an apple coated in fudge? That's not oh. bad. That's not bad at all. I thought it was going to be a bad one. Caramel. Caramel. I agree. I was going to say fudge. <laughs> <laughs> no one's surprised, Derry. Probably caramel. Caramel apple. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a good choice. Mm-hmm. It's a good choice. Would you rather eat breakfast food for every meal? Did you say ew? I think it's cereal. No, breakfast food. No, eggs, like bacon, eggs and sausage, bacon and shit. Ew. Bagels. Okay. Real breakfast food. Okay. Not sugary shit. Biscuits and gravy. Oatmeal. That kind of thing. Would you rather eat that for every single meal? Or would you rather eat, like, Thanksgiving food for every meal? Every meal? Breakfast. Breakfast, of Easy course. Easy one. Yeah, same. Breakfast, yeah. Obviously. I agree. Would you rather have a finger chopped off or an ear chopped off? <laughs> Ear. Ear. Wait, easy, easy one. Ear. Really? Because even with an ear chopped off, you can still hear out of that hole. Yeah. But once you lose a finger, you lose the functionality of it, where I would still have the functionality of my ear. Okay. Even without the appendage. Finger or we toe? We really need our fingers. Toe. Mm, do I get to pick the toe? Big toe. <sighs> wow, that's no, vital. No, no. That's vital. Big toe or thumb? Yeah, maybe. Oh. Wow. You can't even walk correctly. <laughs> that's a good question. Big toe or thumb? Oh, shit. You have no opposing... Do you want to be able to balance properly or do you want to not be able to grip things? I'd rather have the I'm toe, gonna s- toe. Sorry. I'm going to say I'd rather lose the toe. You could get like a prosthetic exactly. thing to balance. Same. Where you prosthetic, prosthetic thumb, thumb doesn't work though. The prosthetic right. thumb doesn't function. Right. Whereas a prosthetic toe gives you the balance. I've seen some videos where some prosthetics probably function. Pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a friend uh, who was We're born, laughing. Who was born without thumbs. Okay. Oh. They basically trained their first finger wow. as their thumb. Would you rather have to have bald eyebrows for the rest of your life <laughs> or not be able to cut your toenails for the rest of your life? Yeah, bald oh, eyebrows, easy. Oh, yeah, you just draw them in. Kyle isn't sure. <laughs> I knew that one. God, would you'd be like those people with the. I I don't know. You could hide your toenails. Ew. Well, and they'll break off at some point, so they they can only get so long. You'll look like that guy that has a curly cue. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> or you just walk barefoot, and they break on their own. Yeah. Like Show dogs everybody. do. Right. Like when dogs go on walks on like pavement and stuff. I would. You not. don't have to trim their nails because they trim themselves. Yeah. Just go on a run barefoot in the pavement every day. Well, it's better than looking like a serial killer. <laughs> You know how freaky people are with no eyebrows? You look fine. You I, feel just, like, I feel like I'm embarrassing people right no, now because everyone's going to know who I'm talking about if my friends are listening to this. But my first girlfriend, her dad had no eyebrows or they were so, so fine that you couldn't see them. What if he lost them in a tragic eyebrow accident? He looked horribly angry <laughs> all, all the time. The time. <laughs> and he also got weird home haircuts. Like his wife cut his hair. He would never let anyone cut his hair other than so his wife. So he like a super serial killer. Holy Which is shit. weird because my girlfriend was so dope and normal. Normal. And, uh, <laughs> and her dad was just this weirdo. And you just look at him and you know he's killed before. <laughs> it's evident on the face. So I, when you say like no eyebrows, I really worry about it. You okay. get a tattoo. Jessica, braces or bald spot for the rest of your life? Bald Great. spot. Over braces? Yeah. I don't want braces. 
You'd she, rather have a bald spot. She has so much hair. She doesn't even think about that. Just I'm saying you would have to think about it. You have a big bald spot. No, I'll just, hair I'll just, just shave my head. It's fine with me. Okay. Would you rather lick the bottom <laughs> of John Goodman's foot or be his royal ass wiper? Oh, for, God. Depends. For one month. It's lick the foot one time mm-hmm. versus clean his bottom for a month. Lick the foot. I'd lick the foot. God, I'd have to I would take that foot. hit. I'd take that hit. And John Goodman? Ew. I won't tell anyone. Oh, God. Can then. you imagine that like pancake like <laughs> flab? It's just like, hey, hey, listen, hey. I like John Goodman. Okay. He's but a great actor. But I bet you that ass. ass is fucking rancid. <laughs> he seems very clean to me. Would you do that instead of licking his foot? Nah, I don't no. care. I just lick his foot. I'm used to Jacob being here. Jacob would have chose wipe his ass for one month. Really? Jacob hates feet. He does. Oh, he hates feet the way I hate shit. That's why whenever I find like really foul or unsettling feet related images on the internet, I automatically forward them to Jacob. (laughs) (laughs) He stopped opening my Snapchats. (laughs) Because of the feet pics. Yeah, he does not leave me unread. He does not read them. (laughs) He does not open my Snapchats. He knows better. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's where we're at in our relationship. Oh, man. That's good. Would you rather be trapped inside a tent during a bear attack? Ah. Or would you rather have to change Danny DeVito's diapers? Danny DeVito's diapers. No bear attack. Am I armed? <laughs> Just caught totally unawares. You're in a tent. There's a bear mauling a tent, and I'm in it. Mm-hmm. I would have to change the diaper. Indef- you just- indefinitely. You're the diaper so, changer. Wait, forever? Or how many bear attacks? It's one bear attack. This just one there's no attack. guarantee you're surviving. Versus changing Danny DeVito's diapers forever. Forever. Ooh, okay. You might live through the bear attack. I don't That's what I'm saying. You might be able to run or play dead. Yeah. I I might have to take the risk on that one. I I would. If it's forever changing shit forever. Yeah, no. Yeah, I'll take the bear. Jessica, the bear attack in the tent or you're in a shark cage that is sinking. Tent. I'm in the tent. I'm in the tent. You can't do water. I didn't even have to say that there were sharks outside. She's like, it's in the ocean. Kill me with the bear, please. The ocean is a disgusting, terrible, hellish place. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Oh. It's dark and murky. Nope. No thanks. It doesn't bother me. Drowning by ocean or drowning by lake? I don't think it matters then. No? I mean, maybe lake, because I'm less likely. To get eaten while you're drowning? No, you said I'm drowning. I'm not getting eaten alive. So, I mean, I don't know that it matters. Yeah. I don't I don't mind contributing to the sustenance of like ducks and, <laughs> and other lake dwellers. But fuck sharks. Hey, that's a, uh, yeah. So at that point I'm choosing who do I want to eat my body? Yeah. After you've died. Correct. And so I would rather um donate my organs as it were <laughs> to, uh, a duck. to the lake dwellers. Beavers even. To, I don't know where we are in the country. Would you rather mm-hmm. have to fondle Anderson Cooper's balls? <laughs> He wouldn't, well, he wouldn't let you. He would let me. <laughs> it's no, only no. an option for two of us. This is, not, this is not sexual. He just needs a ball fondler to prepare him for his on-camera appearances. To get his head straight. Every appearance. You are his ball fondler. Okay. Would you rather be that? Or would you rather be his dedicated prostate examiner? Prostate examiner? Only when, he, was, only when he was worried about his health. It was either every night of the week, following the balls, the or balls a twice day. annual prostate check? No. It's every time he's concerned for his health. How often is he concerned about his prostate? You don't get to know that. You're gambling. It's not every day. Though. Could be every day. Could be every year. Oh, shit. <laughs> but the ball thing is every day. Yeah, prostate. Yeah. Be an easy fit, you know? Not, not a lot of resistance there. Yeah. <laughs> it's the path more traveled. Would you rather have to squish a soft turd between your fingers? 
<laughs> no, there's a Give me the uh, give me the other one. He's gagging. <laughs> give me the other one. Or squish it with your toes. No. <laughs> <laughs> there's toes, no getting away from toes, this. Toes, toes, Would you rather be the lube distributor at Rosie O'Donnell's chubby lesbian sex parties? <laughs> or You're just a distributor giving it to them? Mm-hmm. You're just handing it out. Oh, okay. You've got the lube lube samples on a tray. Okay. Or be the one who shaves Steve Carell from top to bottom for his red carpet appearances. Oh, I would do the lube one. See, and I thought I was leaning lube until she named Steve Carell. Like, you would get one-on-one FaceTime with Steve Carell, and you know he'd be hilarious about it. No, I'm good. I wouldn't want to hear Michael Scott jokes while I'm having to, like, shave his body. Yeah. That'd be weird. I, I choose one-on-one time with Steve Crow. <laughs> okay. I mean, I think that's plenty. Yes. Ugh. We're ready to move into my stories. Yes. You said these ones were dark as fuck, right? They are extremely dark. Oh, They're man. very graphic and they are brutal. All of them. And that is because when I thought of fitness, I thought of bodybuilders. And then I thought, what's the worst thing I could find that a bodybuilder has done? And that's obviously taking a life. And then it occurred to me that they're all using steroids for the most part. At least a lot of them did. Um, And I just wondered, has a bodybuilder ever murdered someone? Turns out, yes. And many. Yes. Yeah. The word uh, roid rage Mm -hmm. is not a misnomer. Didn't come out of nowhere. It is a spot on term. There's a reason it's there. So first we're going to talk about Gordon Kimbrough and Christy Ramsey. They worked together, lived together, they competed together, and they won the USA Pairs title as a couple in 1991 together. Sadly, Gordon had several affairs during their relationship. He was also super abusive. Obviously, they split up eventually. Now, hoping to reconcile, Christy insisted that he get counseling for his anger. She wanted to be with him again, but needed to trust him, you know? He's quoted saying, to me, it was no big thing, but to her, it was. And so he agreed to go to counseling so that he didn't hit her anymore. (laughs) To me, it was no big thing to (laughs) slap her around. (laughs) (laughs) So apparently counseling went well. Gordon and Christy reunited. Before long, they decided to get married. However, before the wedding planning was complete, Christy had met somebody else. So Christy says wedding's off. She's met somebody else. Okay. Relationship's over. Right? To the guy that's been beating the shit out of her. <laughs> oh, not too smart. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah, Gordon was enraged, obviously, and understandably. So June 20th, 1993, he reportedly hit her on the chin, wrapped an electrical cord around her neck three times before knotting it, and stabbed her twice in the throat. Jeez. I assume neighbors overheard something and called the police. When they arrived, they found him holding a syringe to his neck as though ready to commit suicide. He did not. Too bad. Gordon testified in his own defense, swearing that the murder had been committed in a fit of passion, you see? So he can get that second degree. But I don't know that he received the news that he purports caused all of this passion on the same day that he killed her. And so it Uh, seems as though he planned it and he was charged with first degree murder. Sorry, do we know what was in the syringe? No. Okay. I don't anyway, and I didn't have time and it didn't seem relevant. Sure. Uh, Either way, he was convicted of first degree murder and sentenced to 27 to life. Good. So this whole time I've been waiting for a Gordon Ramsay joke. I thought for sure that's where you're leading this. No. Knowing you and your affinity for him and all his shows. I think he's fantastic. This guy's name was Gordon and the girl's name was Ramsay. No, she, her name was Christy. Christy what? Ramsay? 
Oh, it was Christy Ramsey. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's Gordon and Ramsey. And I'm like, how is Jess not taking this? I'm not the pun maker. Jacob's not Jacob's here. Jacob's the pun maker. Okay. Die, you fucking donut. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> He's got two slices of bread on each side of, yeah. on each side of her head. What have I got here? A whore sandwich. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's, I've been waiting for a Gordon Ramsay joke. I've been like waiting for the punchline to the story the whole time. Oh, God. <laughs> no. Damn. You were waiting in vain. <laughs> Next up. Bodybuilder John Riccardi shot and killed his ex-girlfriend Connie Navarro and her friend Sue Jory in Connie's condo in 1983. Uh, and then he went into hiding for eight years. Oh. Living a life of luxury supported by committing burglaries. Wow. Mm-hmm. Although he denied ever harassing Connie after their breakup and having anything to do with her death, witnesses testified that he'd become increasingly malicious toward her as the date of her murder approached. He was ultimately found guilty on two counts of first-degree murder and sentenced to death. Damn, where was this? I'm not sure. Do it's gotta be Texas. <laughs> Texas or Arizona or... bodybuilder hide? You know really? I mean? like, that was my question. Yeah, I'm like, how did he escape? How did he evade for years? Because he's definitely not a gray know. man. No. He's not an any man. It's you know in the I mean? 80s, too, and living a life of luxury so he's as yoked. well. He's this huge, ripped-up dude that everybody remembers when they see him, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he's living large, easily seen. Yeah, and he served, and he like was on the lam for eight years. Yeah, that's that's hinky. It's crazy. Yeah. Now, although he was sentenced to death initially, the sentence would eventually be overturned by the Supreme Court of California and changed to life in prison. Connie Navarro's then 15-year-old son, David, had described an encounter with him a week before the murders when he'd broken into their home, threatened him with a gun, and handcuffed him. Fortunately for David, he was staying with his father the night that the murders took place, and he believed that had he been there, he would have also been a victim. Wow. That's scary. David Navarro would later become known as a guitarist and member of the rock band Jane's Addiction. Uh, oh, yeah. I remember him. So David That's Navarro the same was guy? the son. That's the son. He would also wow. tour with the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yes. No shit. Yes. That's right. And he's the Ink Master on the show you guys watch. Currently, yeah. currently the host of the show Ink Master. Wow. Formerly he married went through to a lot. Carmen, Carmen Electra. Electra. Is mm-hmm. that right? Yep. Yeah. The envy of every young man for some time. Mm-hmm. So... Dave Navarro actually produced a film about this whole experience. He called it The Morning Sun. Um, Morning as though grieving. Morning, yeah. Uh, He was quoted saying, one of the ways in which trauma survivors get past trauma is to walk through the ugliness. So during his work on the film, he chose to visit Riccardi in prison. Wow. While he expected that he would feel, you know, angry at this man who had killed his mother, he's quoted saying... He's just some old dude dying in jail. I had no idea that ever happened to him. That's insane. I've never heard this. I've literally never heard that. I only know him as a rock star. Right. Yep. Yep. Next up, we have bodybuilder Brutal Fox, a.k.a. Brutal Fox. And Brutal Mm. he was, a two-time Mr. Universe as well. Wow. That's actually saying something. That's a a tough one to win. Mm -hmm. He'd previously been engaged to beauty queen Laoka Brown. Her mother, Violet, owned a dress shop in the island of St. Kitts. Brutal Fox arrived at the dress shop on September 30th, 1997, looking for Laoka. An argument ensued, and he shot and killed both women. Fox claimed that the deaths were accidental, that it was Violet who whipped out the gun. Unfortunately for him, there was a seamstress working, I'm assuming in the back of the shop. 
I was like, no, you shot them, you fucking asshole. Yeah. So she told a very different story. Uh, He'd also told a friend that he'd killed both women and admitted that Violet had been pushing him out the door before he whipped out the gun in a rage and just began firing. I just don't understand, man. Yeah. Is this steroids doing this? Well, that's that's kind of why I started putting these together, like wondering if it had anything to do with it. And I hadn't seen any mention yet, but it is mentioned later on with uh, other stories. Now, the evidence against Brutal Fox was compelling. His first trial ended with a hung jury, uh, regardless of that. And the second trial, he was found guilty of murder and actually sentenced to hang. Damn. Wow. Where was Where this? Where know. the fuck is our hanging still? I don't know. <laughs> Alabama the murder or took Mississippi? Place, the, Iraq. The murder, <laughs> the murder took place in 97. So I have no, like by the time the trial, a second trial even, like it must have been in the 2000s by then, right? Where the fuck are their hangings still? I don't know. Holy. I believe there are states that allow you to choose. Really? I'm not sure. I'm I mean, really not he, sure. he's a piece of shit. I don't care. But still, like, it damn. Didn't yeah, matter. where have you heard of hangings? It didn't matter anyway. So his lawyers appealed and sure. his death sentence was overturned and he was sentenced to life, which is where he still is now. Yeah. Yeah. Man, hanging. I want to know where the fuck they still <laughs> hang. I'm going to go look that right? up. <laughs> I know. So what's funny is you guys were talking about uh, roid rage, right? And there's actually a really huge debate over that. Like there's a whole crew. There's like, there's a whole like swath of people that are like steroids should absolutely not be illegal. They don't cause rage. They don't cause roid rage. Here's all this medical documentation to show that they don't cause anything. But there have been so many cases of these dudes with like serious explosive anger issues that look pretty damn well. Like they're linked hard to fucking steroids. Like Men and women. Yeah. Because I've heard things... Oh, you have one! (laughs) Next up, Sally McNeil Mm -hmm. and her husband, a fellow bodybuilder, Ray McNeil. They were both former Marines. I'm assuming they meant former anyway. Uh, It said ex-Marines in the uh, article. Oh, so they were kicked out. It said ex-Marines. If it's the article, people say ex-Marines all the time. They have no idea. They use that term. A lot of people don't understand the difference. Yeah. Ex-Marine is when you are dishonorably forced from the Marine Corps and former is when your contract ends. Um, Either way, they'd been married eight years, apparently not happily. Sally showed a pattern of becoming more and more violent and unbalanced during her bodybuilding career. Okay. In the year 1990 alone, she found herself in the middle of many physical assaults and bouts of aggression. She was arrested for whipping a gun out on her first husband and using a crowbar to break the windows on his car. A few days after that, she would drop a 70-pound weight from a balcony onto Ray's car as he was trying to leave the apartment. It doesn't affect you. (laughs) On another occasion, the police were visiting her home to do a wellness check on her children. She proceeded to fight the police, eventually being sprayed with mace to stop the progression of her violence. Last but certainly not least, she was banned from competing in a bodybuilding competition when she battered a woman in the stands. (gasps) Yeah. Um, accusing her of sleeping with her husband. Okay. In 1993, she also assaulted a police officer after they were called to a bar where a bouncer had asked her to stop dancing on a table, and she, it just said, went the shit out of went berserk. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, when you're that size, it's like, who's going to stop you? Here's the thing, too. Just the fact alone that you're saying that she's a former Marine, all right? Female Marines are fucking nutcases, the vast majority of them. So here's the thing. And any, anyone, any Not listeners. Not you, Justine. Yeah, I know. 
Hey, listen. I said. I said the vast. You, Justine. <laughs> I said the vast majority, and I guarantee you, Justine can vouch for that as well. You can ask anyone that's been in the Marine Corps. The vast majority of female Marines are fucking nuts. Hundred percent. It could be related to roid rage. It could also just be because they have alpha brain. And they always have to throw their dick around. Like, it's just a thing. I mean, this sounds like it could be a very lethal combination of both. Yes. So that's what I'm saying is, like, it might be it's two heads of the same coin. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, Oceanside, California. Valentine's Day, 1995. 10 p.m. Is this the same lady? Oh, no. Ray is nowhere to be found uh-uh. on Valentine's Day. Sally is pissed. Yeah. Okay. Eventually, Ray makes it home, and the two, of course, begin to argue as Ray stood over the stove cooking some chicken. Got his protein in. The argument escalated. Apparently, one of their kids uh, stated that she heard her mother gurgling as though she was being choked. Oh. Shortly after that, Sally disappeared into a closet and returned with a 12-gauge shotgun and shot Ray once in the abdomen and once in the jaw. Wow. She then called 911. Operators reported they could hear him in the background saying, why, oh God, why? Still alive when the police arrived, Ray denied ever putting his hands on her and he was declared dead a couple hours later. What a lovely home life. I know. God, you said there were kids there. Fuck. She was convicted of second degree murder and sentenced to 19 years to life. Uh, And I'm not sure if it had any part to play, but blood tests would show that she did have one sort of steroid in her system. And he had five different kinds. Anabolics? I don't know. Quick little note to the listeners. Um, As this story has pointed out here, if your man is not available on Valentine's Day, you can shoot him with a shotgun. <laughs> you are the side chick. <laughs> oh, that should be known. Oh. Damn. Yeah. That's that's a fact of life. Yeah. So you're going to have to deal with that. Yeah. She didn't want to, so she got a 12 gauge well, out, she, of, the, out she, of the closet. She dealt with it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, next up, Jamie Fuller, 16 years old. Ooh, okay. Already raging hormones. He, raging testosterone. He lived in Beverly, Massachusetts, and he was a novice bodybuilder. He began taking steroids to bulk up at the age of 14. Oh, my God. Sad. Where are these kids' fucking parents, man? Holy shit. Apparently <laughs> buying him steroids. I'm, Fuck, I man. guess. So his friends and family, you know, noticed an immediate change in his behavior and personality when this steroid Duh. use began. Can you imagine <laughs> Ryan? <laughs> Mom, Dad. Can you keep I want to bulk up. Like, I'm looking to get... Beefed? Sure. So I mean, like, prison jacked. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the story gets very disturbing, and it someone ended up making a made-for-TV movie about it called No One Would Tell in uh, 96. So Amy Carnival, she was 14. She was also pregnant. She was pregnant with his child. <sighs> 14. Yes. Now, I guess at some point, Jamie found out that Amy had gone to see another boy. And this obviously made him super upset, so he flew into a rage. He'd recently taken large doses of testosterone, uh, as well as anabolic steroid pills, or pill, and drank a large amount of beer. Like you do at 14. (laughs) Right, yeah. Classic 14-year-old move. Wait, 14 or 16? I thought she was 14 and he's 16. 16. He began taking them at 14. Yes, he's quite a bit older. He's 16. (laughs) He, He is 16 now. So anyway, Amy saw another boy. Can you believe it? Clearly beer and steroids is the, is the fucking answer there. And more testosterone than he already has. So he would later say that he couldn't control his aggression after ingesting all of those things, you know? It really wasn't his choice. 
after all of that. So his friends would testify that on August 22nd, 1991, Jamie got Amy to go into the woods with him. He placed a hand over her mouth, told her that he loved her, and stabbed her in the stomach. As well as cut her throat. He stomped on her after she collapsed. Once she was dead, he walked out of the woods, covered in blood, told his friends that it was done, threatened their lives if they mentioned what had happened to anybody, proceeded to tie a cinder block to her body, and he threw her over a fence into a nearby pond. Uh, Obviously, there are 16-year-old boys. This did not remain a secret for long. No, of course not. He was convicted of this murder and sentenced to life. Okay. Okay, so... Multiple murders. That... Yeah. That piece of shit. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're 16, dude. That piece of shit needed to get fucking drowned. I'm sorry. Maybe his parents along with him. Or hung. Fuck him. Hanged. Lord hanged. have mercy. Is it hanged? <laughs> it is hanged. Next up, we have Craig Titus and Kelly Ryan. They were both professional bodybuilding stars, a power couple. Married in Vegas in 2000. I know this one. This is a well-known one. Seems like their fame only grew after their marriage. They began coaching, writing articles, advising others in their field, endorsing products. Um, They bought a nice big house, uh, had their own private gym, a garage full of expensive cars that they collected, and they partied. Craig's friend, Wayne Davis, reported that, quote, every time they would win, whether it would be win an endorsement or get paid, or they had uh, won a contest or a competition, they'd have a party. They were like, Sex parties. Drug parties. Sure. Right. Now, the two were very business-minded, I guess, when it was not party time. They were always looking for new opportunities to invest, and they ended up hiring an assistant named Melissa James. Melissa was a cute little dancer choreographer from Panama City, Florida. She met (laughs) Kelly and Craig while she was working at a bodybuilding contest there in Florida. And according to what I read, it was at this contest that Melissa and Craig had their first entanglement. They had sex. Oh, okay. You made it sound like like an argument with a no. third. Yeah. I was waiting for like someone beating the shit out of somebody. I was like, I don't remember this part of the story. No. I know this one. This is a good one. This so anyway, crazy. she was hired on to be their assistant. Uh, not long after that, she Ooh, what was she assisting? <laughs> <laughs> Spending so much time with them, she eventually got caught up in the party lifestyle. She traveled to Vegas and stayed with them so often that she was eventually given her own room. And there was a bit of a love triangle that developed between her, Craig, and Kelly, which obviously made the living situation very tense. Party life began to have an effect on her. She had run-ins with the law over bad checks, credit card fraud, drug use. She eventually had to close her dance studio. And of course, needing the extra money, Kelly and Craig swooped in and offered her help. So she moved in full time. Ah, that's not going to make things complicated at all. Yeah, an already tense situation grew even more tense. Both women seeming to have an unspoken competition for Craig's affection and Craig not only enjoying it, but seeming to like encourage it, you know, in the early morning of December 14th, 2005, a truck driver on a highway outside Vegas called in a fire that he saw from a distance. Firefighters turned up and they found a burned up candy red Jaguar inside the trunk of which was the charred corpse of Melissa James. Oh my God. Cops ran the plates and connected Kelly and Craig to the crime extremely quickly. Kelly readily admitted that the Red Jaguar was hers, that Melissa had left the night before on bad terms, you see. She said Melissa had a drug problem and she and Craig had confronted her about suspicious charges on their credit cards. And they believed that Melissa broke into the house after being kicked out, stole their car keys while they were sleeping, and that that was the extent of their knowledge. Unfortunately for Craig and Kelly, a couple that they had over the very same night came forward as witnesses 
and had many contradicting things to say. They claimed Kelly told them that she and Melissa had gotten into a fight that became physical, that Craig valiantly took his wife's side, and repeatedly body slammed Melissa to subdue her. (laughs) Oh my god. As any man would for his wife. Of course. Of course. <laughs> that escalated so fast. First she was a sex toy. <laughs> now she's a elite body slam. Yeah. In order to subdue. Now she's one of those she's one of those WWF wrestling yeah. buddies. <laughs> right. Well, believe it or not, she continued to fight back. So Craig had to put her in a chokehold. He had no choice. This couple I mean, she kinda left him no option in I, that's what I, I know. Right? Yeah, if he, you take multiple body slams and keep coming at me like you're clearly still a threat you're gonna get a sleeper hold sure sure so obviously the couple they told this story to claimed that they were absolutely horrified and that they decided to leave but before they could craig cryptically passed them a duffel bag containing duct tape and a taser (laughs) and said that he would reclaim it from them after a few days what I don't evidence. remember that part. Hiding I see evidence. <laughs> I remember. So what I remember of this was like the charges and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's what a f- idiot. Like, yes, some ill-advised choices were made. The and prosecutor why did she stick around too to get killed. I don't know. Body slammed and nah. I'll keep working I'll here. Hang out. <laughs> well, no, she. I mean, she didn't. The body slamming only happened that night. The it only. It only happened once. You know, she was dead the next day. So she couldn't have, like, left in the middle of the party or... It wasn't a party. She loved the body slamming. She was talking to those people about getting body slammed. Why were you still there? What? <laughs> wasn't she talking to the other couple about couldn't getting body slammed and shit? No. Couldn't no. she have left, though? No, the wife was relaying those details <gasps> to the other couple. But why oh. didn't she leave? She wasn't dead yet. Kelly and Craig had another couple over for dinner. Yep. And over, like... Appetizers. We're talking about they were, this. They were that's like, where I got confused. Them so the I didn't know th- that's even worse. Oh yes, my openly god! Talking about it, I thought that that the dancing chick was like, "Help me! I'm getting no, body she was slammed." Dead in a car. No. Oh my god! But what about before that, though? I mean, she even said that she got body slammed, but that she still hung around. No, she was fighting that for her life. That was the night of her death. No, no. I thought she was still staying there when she could have left. I was no. I was confused the same way. Fighting I totally, over him. Yeah, I totally thought you were saying that she was relaying that. I didn't. That's no. even worse. What a no. fucking idiot. Why would you do no that? No physical abuse took place except for this night. Man. And she was dead the next morning. And they told and they this tell other their couple, hey, uh, we body slammed her. And can you hold on to this duct tape and a taser? <laughs> duct like, tape and a taser. Just it's not what it looks bit. like. I'll come back for it. <laughs> right. God. So the prosecutor in this case, after the investigation was complete, relayed that Melissa James was beaten, drugged, stunned with a taser, injected with morphine, and strangled with either fabric or a cord. Oh, my before she was, quote, burned beyond anybody's recognition in the trunk of Kelly's Jaguar. Melissa's head was encased in duct tape, and during the trial, they reviewed graphic photos of what they called a death mask that was formed by her face when it peeled away with the heavy tape during her autopsy. The prosecutor said investigators could never say for sure whether Melissa was still alive in the back of the red Jaguar when it was caught on videotape outside a Walmart where Kelly went inside, purchased charcoal starter fluid, and a backyard barbecue set at 3.30 a.m., or at a gas station where Craig Kelly and a friend, Anthony Gross, allegedly bought another $2.66 worth of gasoline. Only that before leaving. The barbecue set was found inside Kelly's car, 
with Melissa's body. Anthony, their friend, met Craig and Kelly at the gas station and drove them to Vegas after the trip to the desert to set Kelly's Jaguar ablaze. She could have been alive. How is that How is that level of stupidity something that, like... Or evil. Um, obviously, they both ended up in prison. Oh, yeah. They divorced each other in prison. That happened. Ooh, and which one of them needed to be free? It was uh, Kelly who filed for divorce against Craig. So were they both taking steroids? Both of them. And for a very long time. Yes. This is the last one. This is the saddest one. Oh, no. And this is another one of those I was shocked to hear. I really had no idea this is ha- this had happened. The next is bodybuilder and pro wrestler Chris Benoit. Oh. That sounds really familiar. Yeah. We grew up watching Chris Benoit. We did. WWF, we? WWE. Yep. Fayetteville, Georgia, <coughs> June 25th, 2007. Chris, his wife Nancy, and their seven-year-old son Daniel were found dead in their home. Nancy was found bound and strangled. Daniel had been drugged and strangled. Bibles were found near their bodies, and Chris was found hanging from a weight machine in his home gym. Obviously, they determined it was a murder-suicide. Yeah. Chris being the murderer. Yep. Uh, After further investigation, it appeared that the murders and the suicide were spread out over a weekend. Um, And everyone who knew them was floored by this happening. According to Chris's father, he knew Chris knew that he wanted to be a wrestler very early on. He was a young, dedicated athlete. He trained hard to become a pro wrestler. He was a pro wrestler by the age of 18. His career took off from there. Um, when all this happened, his career was at its peak. He was known by friends and family to be a loving, devoted husband and father. It seemed like absolutely nobody saw any indication whatsoever of him even being capable of this, let alone there being any signs that something was wrong. Researchers were able to convince his family to allow them to take a look at his brain, specifically because I guess these researchers in particular had found many professional athletes to have severe damage to their brains without knowing how severe their brain damage was if they even knew they had any at all. And they did find extensive damage to Chris's brain, and it was to the back of his head specifically, likely caused by hits to the back of his head with things like chairs Chairs and and ladders and cables. During his wrestling career, they determined he'd probably suffered from untreated concussions over the course of his lifetime. And when the toxicology report was released, steroids were found in his system. Sure. Even so, and very unfortunately, they still have no definitive answer as to why this happened. Jeez. It's happening too much, too often, you know? Yeah. I don't have some kind of link. Seven years old, man. Just snapped uh. out of nowhere, it seems. Like they weren't hurting for money. No, of no, course not. Uh, no, he was a superstar. It was rest, that, that guy was huge. Yeah, Chris Benoit. Back in the days of Shawn Michaels and mm-hmm. Razor Ramon. and That's Goldust days too, isn't it? I think he was later than that. Oh, I, yeah. I can't be sure. I think Goldust came around after them. But yeah, wild. Fuck, man. Stories. That's just naming a few murders. I'm sure anybody, steroid or not, is capable of crime. Yeah. You know, but the pattern seems to be short tempers and prone to aggression that Hang type of stuff uh-huh. i'm all done that's it thanks <laughs> Thank jessica yes it was good yeah nice so, wow, really nice vibe in the room here <laughs> we weren't much better i yeah. talked about the munich massacre and you and i Nine both talked hostages about hostages being insanely killed. creepy fucking assholes in the gym i know it's kind of one of funny. yours was straight up like dude stalked stalked a friend of the owner of the fu- oh my some god some stranger entering your home and watching you sleep Mm-hmm. Gross. All in the name of fitness. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's it. That brings us to the end of this episode. Already? Yes. That's wow. it. We're at the end. Quickly. So, 
Uh, please like, rate, and subscribe and share. Visit our website, threeshotsin.com. Join us on Patreon, where we have a secret, super secret, highly exclusive podcast called Three Shots Cinema. Our next topic, our, well, topic guide is counsel. As in, like, advice and admonition that you would give to someone? It's that loose. It could be that. Or, or it could be, like, the Council of Eight. Or right. okay. CIL or SCL. Like the Council of the Gods. Yes. I think so. I think it could be how either. You, how are you spelling this word, council? Well, see, that's kind that's of the fun, the, that's the fun of the topic. You're not spelling it. Exactly. Ooh. You can take it either way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was the point of, uh, that was the point of ath- athlet- athletics. Is that what we did today? Fitness. Fitness. That was the point of fitness. Could be anything fitness related at all. Mm-hmm. Anything at all. Uh, stay tuned for that episode next Monday. Join us on Fridays. We go live on our Instagram at Three Shots In Podcast. This has been a successful episode of Three Shots In. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. I had four <laughs> shots. Hey, oh, I know she's going hard. Good for you. <laughs>